All right, we're back. Back to back days of the Detroit are covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State, presented by the Second String and the SecondString.com. I'm your host, ladies and germs. My name is Nick Bradley. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your day. I hope I make you feel better, make you laugh, inform you, entertain you, any of the above, all of the above. I really do appreciate you being here. So let's just get right into it. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, we covered Matthew Stafford. We covered MSU just. I don't even know being garbage. I, I, I literally can't. I can't talk to them about them right now. I'm in a good mood. I'm excited to talk about what I plan on talking about. If we go down this state wormhole, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to be upset. So let's I, I talked about him yesterday. If you want to hear some Michigan State stuff, go back to yesterday's episode because I can't do it today. I just don't have the bandwidth. I literally still it's Wednesday night. I still haven't recovered from my Super Bowl weekend like my eyes, dude. It's 715 p.m. My eyes feel like they have bricks connected to them. I can't keep them open. I was looking in my uh, front screen, making a TikTok earlier. My eyes were, I looked like I'm high off my ass. I'm just tired. Dead sober, I'm just tired. So we're powering through. Don't say I never did anything for you. We are still here, right? No matter what, no matter what they throw at us, we're going to find a way around it. We're going to become great. We're going to pass the obstacle. We're still here. I want to talk today, Red Wings and Pistons, if you can believe that. A little bit different than the usual. I want to talk Dylan Larkin. I want to talk the just the quietest electric season he's having. I feel like I haven't heard a thing, not a peep about what Dylan Larkin's doing this year. And ho-hum, he's 12th in the NHL in scoring. Ho-hum, he's coming off a brutal injury at the end of last year and just balling out in every sense of the word coming off a year where there were starting to be murmurs of is this guy one C on a good team. Can this guy be your, your frontline center? Like, I don't know. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. If he hasn't proved you wrong by now, I don't know what he needs to do to prove you wrong, to be quite frank. I mean, he's been pure electricity. And if you're a fan of the wings, you watch him night in, night out. The guy is apparent. He's in your fucking grill every single night. He's in the score sheet every night. He's generating multiple, multiple chances every single night. Him, Raymond, they've thrown Zadina with him as of late, have been clicking. All of a sudden, Zadina's getting in the scoring tally. Like, he's he's doing what they always say great players do. What's the number one thing? You go on first take. Any of these sports shows when they're like, is he that great? What's the number one thing they say great players do? Give you a chance to answer. Do, 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 do. And it's that's it. It's making the others around you better. And that's exactly what Dylan Larkin's done this year. Like Lucas Raymond's electric as well. He's a phenomenal player and he's going to be incredible in Detroit. It's no mistake that he's been incredible in his rookie season playing with Dylan Larkin. I promise you, if he was on the second line with Suter and Bertuzzi, no disrespect to those guys because they've been good too. He wouldn't be doing what he's done this year. Like Dylan Larkin, he's unlocking Zadina plays with him for what, like two or three games. All of a sudden, Zadina scoring goals. He's getting on the score sheet. Like there, there's a rhyme and a reason. And I just want to give the guy his flowers for a moment, if we can. I want the Red Wings. We're still hanging around three points back to, or no, oh no, no, no. We're eight points back to Boston. Three games in hand, Boston has on us. So it's not looking great as far as the playoffs are concerned. But that's fine. That's fine. We've gone over that. We've talked about it. Do I think that they have a chance? Yeah. Mathematically, yes. Mathematically, yes. If they go on a tear, if they win 
eight out of 10 at some point here, yes, they're going to be right in the heart of it. And of course, if Boston hits a skid and they start losing or whatever happens there, we're going to need some help. But yes, it is possible that they make the playoffs this year. Now, do I think that they will? Probably not. Eight points to a Boston team, that's less than ideal. Boston is just better than us. Um, And then the fact that they have three games in hand, like that's insult to injury. I just don't see the Red Wings going on a tear. Even if they went eight and two and 10 games right now, if they're next 10, they want eight. I still don't know if that'd be enough to close the gap. That's what's so bad about it. And do I even think that they're capable of going eight out of 10? Not really, to be honest. I mean, this team has been so up and down this year where they win one, they lose one. They win two, they lose two. They win three, they lose three. Like, they haven't been able to string together multiple, multiple streaks where you win three, drop one, win two, drop one, win three, drop one. They haven't been able to do that. It's just been you take one, I'll take one, which is fine, which is what we expected this team to be. And honestly, I think they've played a little bit better than what we expected them to be. I don't think anybody as much hype and excitement as there was around Mo and Lucas Raymond, I don't think anybody really expected them to come in and do what they've done. Two of the top three Calder contestants probably should be, should be the first two Calder contestants and then Zegris in third. I don't think anyone expected them to do that. Mo Sider stepped in and is right off the rip. What is he? Top 10 blue liner? Like, honest to God, what's Mo Sider in the NHL right now as far as defensemen go? Top 10, top 15 at worst? He's been unfucking believable And Lucas Raymond has chipped in. He started off scorching hot. He's cooled off a little since then. He scored last night against Minnesota. They've been awesome. Dylan Larkin's been incredible. Tyler Bertuzzi's been awesome. The guys that we need to see stuff from, we have. Nedeljkovic has been incredible. He's kind of slowed down as well, but the beginning of the year, he was you couldn't beat him, right? He was winning games for the Red Wings. He was keeping the Red Wings in games when they shouldn't have been. We're seeing the right things from the right guys, and that that's the one thing that has me feeling so good, right? I'd love to make the playoffs. There is nothing that I want more than to watch a Red Wings playoff hockey series. Honestly, there's nothing I want more. It's probably not in the cards this year, and it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. We're still ahead of schedule here. We are. I think next year even, if you told people, go back in time, last year, two years ago, if you said in 2023 the Red Wings are going to make the playoffs, I think people would have said, wow, all right, that'll do. I think even next year if they made it, it's a little ahead of schedule. I'm just so satisfied and so happy and confident seeing what Dylan Larkin's doing because I think he was one of the guys where we knew or we had the expectation of Raymond and Sider. We said they're, they got to be guys. They got to be cornerstone pieces. They're shaping up to be that way. And like I said, Dylan Larkin, he's always been good. He's gotten injured, right? He's never really had great talent around him, um, at least not since his rookie year. And people were starting to talk, is he is he a one center? Like, can he, if this team was to win a Stanley Cup or even a playoff series or two, can he be your first line center? There were those questions. People were starting to doubt it. I think this year, if that hasn't put that away for you, I, I don't know what more the guy can do. He's outscoring Connor McDavid in five on five. He's the 12th highest scorer in the entire league. He still is. Yeah, he's got Lucas Raymond. Yeah, he's on the power play with Bertuzzi. Yeah, he's got Cider feeding it to him from the blue line. He still isn't playing with the greatest talent in the world. He still isn't on the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
He still doesn't have Leon Dreisaitl playing alongside him. There are still holes to be filled that if things go according to plan and things go the way that they have this year, should only make Dylan Larkin's game better. And I think that's why he's been so much better this year. Hockey's such an important game. Like, you can't just do it by yourself. Unless you're Connor McDavid, it's very, very difficult to do it by yourself. You need people that can get you the puck. You need people that need to know where they're supposed to be so you can deliver them the puck. And he finally has that. Lucas Raymond knows where to go. Lucas Raymond knows where goals are scored. Mo Sider knows how to distribute. Mo Sider knows timing, knows passing seams. He understands how offense works. He understands situations in which he should get the puck to Dylan Larkin or get the puck to Lucas Raymond to then get it to Dylan Larkin. All of a sudden, now that Dylan Larkin has seemingly elite talent around him and not even totally around him, but he's got a couple pieces all of a sudden, his numbers are through the roof. He's playing better than he ever has. Coming off uh, an injury that if you heard him talk at the beginning of the season when he was doing those interviews, he was like genuinely scared, or at least he seemed genuinely scared like that he might not even play hockey again. Like he, I rem- I, I don't know if it was the Tampa game to open up the season, but I remember they did an interview with him and asked him about the injury. And he like, he seemed kind of fucked up about it where he was like, yeah, man, it was Like, it was scary. There were some dark nights, dark days rehabbing from that injury, and here he is having the best season he's ever had. If that isn't confirming what we've said, what we think Larkin can be and what we need him to be, I really don't know what is because it's only going to get better. They're only going to add Jonathan Berggren. They're only going to add Simon Edvinson on that blue line. They're only going to add more high-powered free agents. If things go according to plan and Steve Eiserman does and continues to do what he's done so far, this team around Dylan Larkin should only improve. And as little as it improved this year, or or that's maybe not as little, but as marginally as it improved this year and how much he's improved, if it improves some more, it stands to reason he might even improve a little bit more. He might score a few more goals if he has a second defenseman that can always get him the puck. He might score a few more goals if someone like Jonathan Bergeron can be the guy to carry the puck in the zone. Like It stands to reason the more talent you get around Dylan Larkin, the ceiling is infinite. The ceiling is the sky. The ceiling is the roof, even though they're the same exact thing. I love what he's done. It's been it's been among all the things that have happened with the Red Wings, like I said, with the rookies, the goaltending. Obviously, we have Iserman, which just – I mean, you can wake up any morning and just remember Steve Iserman's the GM, and it's guaranteed to make you feel better. Amongst all that, the fact that our captain in his first season with the C has rolled up and has figured it out seemingly, has gotten to that level that we all had hoped he would get to, and we all kind of knew, like – the center position on this roster in the in the uh, what what am I getting? not the program in the franchise? What's the word I'm looking for here in the system? The center position is thin. Like we can't afford Dylan Larkin to just end up being okay, and he hasn't been. He he doesn't see like it, he won't be. I don't think. I think he will continue to produce at this level. Now, obviously, he's got to stay healthy, things like that but he's turned a corner and he's starting to do more things. Like you see those McDavid goals where it's like, this guy's just faster than everybody. And you know, there are times where he doesn't need teammates. Dylan Larkin's starting to score more and more like that too. 
he takes it through the neutral zone off the rush. The defenseman's flat-footed. Next thing you know, the puck's in the back of the net. I swear to God, he hasn't missed a breakaway this year. Whether it's the backhand forehand upstairs or the forehand backhand five hole, he's been money on the breakaways. Feels like every time he gets a golden chance, he puts it away. He's creating for Lucas Raymond. He's creating for Tyler Bertuzzi. He's creating for Mo Sider. It It's shocking to me that he hasn't gotten more love. Because he really, we knew McJesus would be great. Like, you know Austin Matthews is going to net 40. You know this. Dylan Larkin, kind of a, a little bit of a most improved player type situation going on. And now he's at the top of the league doing it. And I'm not hearing a peep about Dylan Larkin. Granted, it's probably because the Red Wings are out of the playoff picture. It's probably because the Red Wings aren't, you know, Edmonton, they don't have Connor McDavid, even though Edmonton, for the love of God, I don't know what their deal is. Connor McDavid, Steve Eiserman will come and rescue you. You don't hear about Dylan Larkin, and he's just putting up numbers. He's quietly taking a huge jump in his level of play. He's the reason the Red Wings are even in the position they're in this year. Like, I swear to God, he's on the board every single night. As great as Raymond's been, as great as Sider's been, they aren't in the column every night. Dylan Larkin, it feels like he is. Tyler Bertuzzi's been a benefactor. He's also, I think, top five in five-on-five five goals this season. That's that's a byproduct of playing with guys like Dylan Larkin. That's a byproduct of being on the power play with that guy. It's a byproduct of having a captain and a center who knows exactly where and when to get you the puck so that thing ends up behind the goaltender. I fucking love Dylan Larkin. And we've talked to earlier in the season about the physicality he's added, or more so... The grittiness where you fuck with him, all right, he's going to get in your mouth and let you have it. It's There's no more Red Wings getting pushed around. There is no more, oh, we're the basement of the league. You can fucking beat us by three and kick our ass. Like, that's done. There is no waiting for the enforcer. There is no I'm the captain and a skill guy, so I can't fuck with you. That's No, none of that. He is willing and ready to get in your face and let you hear it, let you have a face full of ice if need be. That's been another just beautiful unlock to his game because I want every guy. That's what makes Ovi so awesome. Ovi scores a million goals, and he'll fucking fight you too if he needs to. He scores a million goals, and he will put his shoulder through your brain if he has to. That's what every player should be like that. And this team in general, I feel like, has really embodied that this year. Larkin, Mo Sider is another one of those guys. Like you try to fuck with Mo Sider, it ain't gonna go well. Robbie Fabry, Robbie Fabry, scrappy, reminds you like a Jack Russell Terrier. He's always chirping, always in people's faces. Tyler Bertuzzi loves mixing it up. Now it's like I I don't know what happened. If it was the off season, the the skill guys and the more high end guys on the team had a meeting and were like, hey, I know we're not the enforcers, we're not supposed to be the guys starting fights and scrapping. But enough is enough, dude. If we're on the ice and someone fucks with us, we're getting after them. Everybody is getting in on the action. Lucas Raymond hasn't really, but it's only a matter of time. What is he, 19? He's not living in Mo Sider's body. It's only a matter of time. And he will. I'm sure he will. The team has been very refreshing to watch. Even when they lose games, the Minnesota loss sucked. Yes. Anytime you give up seven goals, that sucks. It's a bad game. But even when they lose, they're entertaining. They're still scoring goals. The games are competitive and close. And you really do feel like they have a chance to win every single night. They're going through an absolute gauntlet in the coming weeks. New York, I know they got Colorado, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, pretty much the best teams in the NHL. Their their next five opponents are just the best teams in the NHL. 
And I still, I'm going to feel like every night, yeah, why not win this game? I know Florida's an absolute wagon. Why not, though? We got some guys. Dylan Larkin can do some stuff, too. Lucas Raymond can make some shit happen. Why not? And that's all I wanted this year. That's all I wanted. Just just give me a taste. Every night, make me think, you know what? Why not tonight? Make plays. Have the right guys take steps. Dylan Larkin, the, the rookies. Give me hope. Give me something to build on for next season because when next season comes around, now we know we have some guys that can get it done. And then you sprinkle in a couple more rookies that, by the grace of God, if we're lucky enough to have Simon Edvinson follow the arc Mo Sider has, Jonathan Bergeron follow the arc Lucas Raymond has, I mean, you throw a free agent or two in there, all of a sudden next year, it's fucking go time. We've got the foundation. We've got the chemistry guys, the locker room guys who have been here for at least a year. They know what it's like. They know the culture. They know how to win games. You add in a little bit more talent. They'll find their way along, right? They'll figure it out. All of a sudden, things are going to start happening for the Red Wings again. All of a sudden, I got my eye on the playoffs next season. And it starts with Dylan Larkin. The captain leveling up his game, changing the tone around the franchise and around the way they play, the physicality like we talked about. It's been refreshing to watch. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, but man, do I feel good about next year. And I honestly just feel good about this year. You want to make the playoffs every year. You want to win the Stanley Cup every year. That's the point of sports. It's not going to happen, but I feel fucking great. That said, I feel great. I think we have the foundation. We still got Steve Eiserman. Blashill, we're still kind of up in the air on, or at least I am. But we have the most important thing, and that's the players. We've got the captain. We've got the scoring wing. We've got the rock-solid defenseman. And we've got a couple more hopefuls still yet to play their first games in the winged wheel. It's an exciting fucking time to be the Detroit Red Wings. It's an exciting time to be able to watch Dylan Larkin on a night out. And I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what next year holds. I can't wait to see what the rest of this season holds. I mean, prove me wrong. There's nothing I want more than to prove me wrong. They rip off an eight-game win streak. All of a sudden, we're neck and neck with Boston going into the final stretch with a chance to make the playoffs. There's nothing I want more. And I think they are capable. I really do. I think they are capable of it. It's going to be difficult. The odds are not in their favor. I think they are capable. I think when they play well, when everyone's on their game, I think this is a very good fucking hockey team. The problem is not enough guys that are on their game every night. Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, like those guys are on every night. Nicoletti, right? Probably for the most part, those guys are on every night. But then we got a slew of guys who kind of, you know, they kind of cough things up. They kind of remind you that we're still rebuilding. We're still not quite where we want to be, which is fine. That's part of the rebuild, but we're close. We are very close. Shout out to Dylan Larkin. Shout out to this team. Let's finish strong. I'm excited. It's a good time to be a Red Wings fan. I don't. I, I Nothing really major is happening other than Dylan Larkin tearing it up. I just feel like it's been a little while since I've chatted some wings, and I had a hankering. I'm watching this guy light it up. Our new captain, the hometown kid. He's been in the league seven years, I think, and he's still like 25 or 26, which is crazy to think about. It is a good time to be a Red Wings fan, and I feel more confident than ever. I cannot wait to see what Iserman pulls in the offseason, and I can't wait to see what this team looks like next season.
All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk a little bit of Detroit Pistons basketball. They just beat the Celtics tonight, 112-111. Marvin Bagley, the new addition to the team. I want to talk a little bit about that trade. Not so much the game tonight. Um, I did watch the game fourth, fourth, one, two, three, fourth time that I've watched the Pistons this year. It was a fun time. It was a good game, good win. Um, but I want to talk Bagley. I want to talk, I guess, the ideology behind that trade and the trade itself. So quick break, and we'll be right back. At the deadline, the Pistons picked up Marvin Bagley. They traded, I don't even know. Don't even know. Not a clue to the what Frank Jackson, Rodney Magruder, Corey Joseph, one of those guys. I don't know which. Um, did they give up a second? Not sure. Couldn't tell you. Don't even know who they traded, but that's what I mean, that's what that tells you. If I don't know who they traded, it was nobody. If they would have traded Jeremy Grant, I'd know about it. If they would have traded Sadiq Bay, I'd know about it. They traded in fucking peanuts, which is phenomenal. This is exactly what the Pistons philosophy philosophy should be. This is exactly what their philosophy should be or should have been from the year 2010 and beyond. This is why that Blake Griffin trade made literally no sense. This is why they've been stuck in mediocrity for 13 years. It is the failure to do things like they did with Mark, Mark, Marvin Bagley or the third. God damn. <laughs> I'm hurt the brain i'm telling you i'm so tired i'm running on fumes over here they said what's the david versus goliath how about me versus my brain right now this is unbelievable what's going down on my living room sofa right about now but this this is the ideology troy weaver needs to have dude just low risk high reward low risk high reward that's all if marvin bagley doesn't pan out and turns into nothing and he's playing with the utah jazz in a year okay fine who cares? Because at least it was worth a shot. Because what if he comes here and he averages 15 and 8? What if he comes here and averages 17 and 10? What if he comes here and becomes the number two overall pick? What if that happens? What if that happens? He doesn't even need to, to live up to whatever his max potential would be. What if he just becomes a pretty good player? That just solves a position for you. That solves with a young, lengthy, talented, athletic player that you don't need to spend a high draft pick on. You don't need to worry about trading assets for. You don't need to worry about shelling out in free agency for. It's a it's solving a problem with no work, with using no resources. Technically, right, they used resources, but those resources were going to be in the garbage can six months from now. Jeremy Grant, I feel the same way. There was all that talk about trading Jeremy Grant. I said, why not? If you can get things that will help us in the future, maybe a young prospect, maybe a couple firsts, why not? Do it. Do it. Because guess what? Jeremy Grant's not going to be around if and when this team ever makes a deep run. Jeremy Grant's not going to be saying, oh, I need to be the guy on my team when this team makes a run. Like He will have passed. His time will pass in Detroit when we get there. It will no longer be Jeremy Grant taking the shots at the end of the fourth quarter when this team makes their run. He did hit one tonight, an unbelievable like sidestep fadeaway to ice the Celtics, so I'll give him that. He's fucking predicted what I was going to say tonight and just shoved it in my face. I'll give him that, but the point still remains. That will be Cade Cunningham. That will be whoever the Pistons draft this year. Like, 
if you can get things that are going to help you in the future with a resource or an asset that is not part of the future, do it 1,000 times out of 1,000 times. That's what the Pistons have been missing. They've tried to force it. They've sold on pieces of the future and things that would help them down the road to, to achieve mediocrity today. And it doesn't make sense. The Blake Griffin trade, zero sense. Just not even a lick of sense. And that's that's the kind of stuff that has kept them where they've been. Troy Weaver, he he has made a couple moves, I will say, that I'm like, oh, well, that seems like I don't know a ton about the NBA. I'm not an expert. I definitely don't know what the cap room looks like and how all that shit works. That's like half of following the game. But I do know there have been moments or, or deals he's done where I'm like, oh, that seems strange. Not an expert, but that seems a little funny. This is a deal and this philosophy, if this is something that he can keep going with and he chooses to carry out throughout his tenure in Detroit, this is a philosophy that will work. This is a philosophy that gets you back to being good. Not only that, doing this, these low-risk, high-reward deals, we're sure Marvin Bagley might turn into nothing. But if he turns into something, these deals are what make you suddenly become good. These deals are the deals that put you over the edge. Oh my God, you got Marvin Bagley for who? And now you have Cade Cunningham and Jabari Smith. And then you went out and got Miles Bridges or someone like that. Oh, now we've got something. You got Sadiq Bay off the bench, Isaiah Stewart off the bench, Killian Hayes off the bench. Now we've got something. You make that happen. Now we can talk a little bit. I'm a fan of the Bagley trade. He had a sick alley-oop tonight. Absolutely posterized Grant Williams. And one. That's why you get him as well. Cade Cunningham pick and roll. I don't know. Again, said it enough times already. Don't know much about the NBA. Don't know, like, calling plays. I'm not really – I recognize plays like Tom Izzo, the, the uh, handoff at the top of the key, and then the big screen's the other big, and it's a pick and pop for three. Yes. Or the pick and roll, and then he sets the pick. Yes. Yes. I know plays. I've seen them. I can recognize them. But there's nothing that beats the pick and roll. There is nothing that is more sure-handed than, all right, I got a great point guard. He can shoot. He can pass. He'll go to the rim. He'll make foul shots. He can do pretty much anything. And I've got a big man now that can move. He's athletic, right? He can set a screen and he's out of there before you even know it. Not only that. His his bones, his limbs are made out of two-by-fours. He's lanky as fuck. He'd outgrow your garden ladder. You get those guys working in the pick and roll, he can high point that basketball. You just throw it towards the hoop, and Marvin Bagley is going to catch it, pump fake, draw the foul, and one, or just go right up with it and slam it on someone's head. Clint Capella, you remember that guy? All he did was stand in front of James Harden's guy, turn around, run towards the basket, and he averaged like 18 points a game, got a massive deal. That's who you pair with Cade Cunningham. Marvin Bagley, he can step out a little bit. He'll shoot it. That always helps. But that's a formula that's been tried and true the entire time I've known what basketball is. You see it at the college level. MSU's teams, those Cassius Winston teams, you know why they were so fucking good? Not because Tom Izzo was just on his game calling up fire plays left and right. No, it's because half the time he could go, all right, Cash Tillman, just pick and roll. Someone's going to score. And it worked. And it worked because that's why the point guard position is so important. You have the decision maker. It doesn't matter who's screening for who, who's going where. When you have a guy 
that understands defense, understands rotations, understand who is going to be open when. Are they a shooter? Are they not? Are they going to be able to put it on the floor? Are they not? A guy like Cade who can find seams that other guys don't find, who is looking to pass, who knows the play's highest chance of working is if he threatens to score and gives it to someone else. And you know what? If you leave him open or they absolutely need a basket, he can go get one too. That's the most tried and true form of offense in the history of basketball. You get your point guard that you trust with your life and you get your lanky, springy big man and you run the pick and roll until the cows come home. I don't think, you know, that's not what they're going to do all day, every single day, but it's a factor that changes in offense. It's a factor that is very conducive to unlocking Cade Cunningham even thir- even further. I think Cade had 28 rebounds, six assists tonight. Jeremy Grant had 24. Sadiq must have had at least like 15. He was playing pretty well. It's going to unlock Cade even further. Like that's a real strong night from Cade. 28 and six. That's a strong night. I'll take that all day from him. Now, all of a sudden, you get Marvin Bagley in the pick and roll. It's going to be a lot more layups for Marvin. It's going to be a lot more open threes because guys are hedging the screen or or going under the screen or maybe getting stuck on the screen and the big doesn't want to hedge. A lot more open shots for Cade. And now when he does get downhill with Marvin Bagley, Sadiq Bay is going to be sitting wide fucking open in the corner, and Cade Cunningham's good enough to hit him. I really do love the trade for Bagley. It's not necessarily drawn me back in. I'm not like the Mr. Piston or anything like that. But I'll tell you this. I turned the Pistons on tonight. I never turn the Pistons on. I never get home from work and go, hey, you know what? I think the Pistons might be playing. That does not happen to me. (laughs) That does not happen to me ever. As a matter of fact, I got home from work tonight. I go, hey, I think I thought I read that the Pistons are playing Boston tonight. Did I see that somewhere? Marvin Bagley's in the lineup. Cade's playing again. Did I see that? I should probably, I kind of want to watch that. I want to see what Marvin Bagley and Cade look like. I want to see what this, this team with a little juice looks like. And and wouldn't you know it, they beat a good Boston team on the road. They they beat a Boston team that needs wins on the road in a dogfight, in a close game with Jeremy Grant hitting shots with Sadiq playing well, Cade. I just like the Pistons building towards being better in the right way. Like, yes, you could have gotten Jonas Valanciunas, let's say, some guy that's going to be out of the league in a year. And your team would have gotten better. You'd perform better. He'd probably be a great locker room presence. But that's not going to help anybody long term. Let's look at the guy who was the second overall pick. He's been in Sacramento for three years now. Has Begley been in the league four years? Five, maybe? I don't know. Not five. Three or four. He's kind of been banged up. His point guard, De'Aaron Fox, has kind of been in and out, I think, right? I feel like he hasn't been super consistent. The Kings are always just a weird situation because they're the Kings. I feel like the Kings are a little bit of a cursed franchise type situation. Let's go get him. Let's give him a fresh start. Let's give him a fresh start with the number one pick, with a guy who wants to get him the basketball, with a guy who will be an expert in getting him the basketball. I don't know De'Aaron Fox's game, really. Maybe he's a great passer, too. I just remember him running the break in in college, and it was literally unstoppable because he was running a 4-1. But Cade, Cade's built for the pick and roll. 
Cade is built to play with a guy like Marvin Bagley and get him the basketball. Like really he is. And what makes Cade so great is he opens up Marvin. Cause if you commit to Marvin, if Marvin's dominating now and you commit to him, Cade will just stand at the three point line and make it rain on your face all day. You cheat on the pick and roll. You can cheat on the screen. He'll make it rain in your face all day. He really will. He doesn't give a fuck. That's why he was the number one pick. And we're, we're taking a low risk for a potentially very high reward. And honestly, honestly, if Bagley doesn't even pan out, I already like how it looked tonight. I, I, it's another guy to throw in the mix. Another guy for Cade who Cade probably saw they were getting Bagley and was like, all right, let's fucking go. Like I can work with that. Like you don't think that fired Cade up a little bit. I think I saw Ashton, the trainer tweeted like, something about Bagley in the lineup. Let's go like something like that, where he seemed pretty excited. These guys know. And maybe, maybe I am biased in being in love with the pick and roll because Cassius Winston was just a maestro with it. And state was unstoppable. State was unstoppable. And all we fucking did was had, have our point guard run the pick and roll. And you think of Kate Cunningham and Marvin Bagley in the pick and roll. That's a scary sight. If I would three years ago, in college, Cade, Cade Cunningham, Marvin Bagley in the pick and roll. It's a scary sight. I guess Cade would have been like 14, but <laughs> it makes sense. I think it's going to work. I think even if it doesn't, I like the idea of let's see if Cade can make it work. Cade, Stu's a little slow for the pick and roll. Stu doesn't really step out, right? Cade hasn't had a guy. Kelly, God, no, he's a little slow. Cade hasn't had the guy that he can – if he gets him going, he can just run the pick and roll with. I think he probably wanted one because he knows he can exploit it. The pick and roll's covered. Now I hit Sadiq in the corner. I think it's a thing that could unlock both Kate and the team. Um, and again, like I love the pick and roll offense. Like when it works, when you have people that are doing it and know what they're doing, it's it really feels unstoppable. And I love progress from the Pistons. I love progress in the right way. We're not giving up picks to take a chance on Bagley. We're not giving up Sadiq or Killian to take a chance on Bagley. We're giving up guys that won't be here in a second-round pick to take a chance on Bagley. And in my book, that's worth it every single day. That's how you revive an organization or restore, should I say, an organization like the Pistons. That's how you bring excitement and energy back to the team in the city. It's the right way of getting better. And the goal is to always get better, but at this stage, do it right. Now we add Jabari Smith. We add Jaden Ivy. I'm talking myself into him for the Pistons. We add Jaden Ivy, maybe a free agent, maybe two free agents. Troy Weaver works a little magic. Now we can talk about winning some basketball games. Now we can talk about, we got guys at every single spot. Now we can talk about we even got a couple guys off the bench that'll that'll, you know, make you turn your head. I'm excited about the Pistons. I'm happy. I, I really like this Bagley trade. I think it sends the right message. And I think it it I don't know to what extent it will pan out, but I I, I believe like Bagley's probably sitting there too. Like, yes, dude. I get to go to Detroit. They're, you know, rebuilding. They got some young guys. He knows basketball city cool brand. I get to play with Cade Cunningham. Like that's exciting. They're about to add another lottery pick like Detroit. If you're Marvin Bagley, I want a new spot. Like I need to just a new, new change of scenery. I need to just start fresh. 
Marvin Bagley's probably looking at it like, dude, let's like, let's go. Like, let's fucking be good. Let's be what Marvin Bagley's supposed to be here. I don't know. A little slappy in me. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I feel good about it. I really do. I like what Troy Weaver's doing. I fucking love Cade. And I like the trade. Not a bad time to be a Pistons fan either, eh? Great time to be a Red Wings fan. Not a bad time to be a Pistons fan. It is a bad time to be a Michigan State basketball fan, though. It is. I, it is. There's, I, I, there's nothing else to say about it. So we'll see what they can do against Illinois Saturday. If they lose, I think it's going to be panic button time. Said this yesterday. We'll we'll end with a couple minutes on it. If they lose, I think it's going to be panic button time. I just, I just don't see it really. I know it's February. I know Izzo struggles in February and, you know, March, January, February, Izzo, April. Like, I know. (sighs) We just talked about point guards. I just talked about Cade Cunningham and Cassius Winston for 15 minutes. We don't have one of those. We don't have one of those. We have guys. We don't need to have one of those necessarily, but we don't have one of those even at a lesser version, even at a more minimized version. When they when we got our point guards going, when Tyson Walker and AJ Hogard play like they did against Indiana, yeah, then we got something. But when they're not there, this team doesn't win unless Malik Hall just puts on a one man show, and that's not sustainable. Illinois is a good team; they just lost to Rutgers tonight, so I would imagine they're going to come out a little fired up. State didn't look good against Penn State. I, I don't have much more to say about it than that. It feels as close to a must win as you can have where MSU's at. Like they're still hanging around the top of the big 10, especially with the Illinois loss. They're still hanging around, right? They're still in the tournament, but they're starting to fade away to like, Oh, let's be careful here. Oh, let's be careful. MSU. Let's be careful. Now, if we want to make the tournament, let's they're starting to maybe approach that. This feels like a must win just for the morale to to just solidify it, probably make themselves feel better against a good opponent, big in terms of the Big Ten. This feels like a must win for MSU. I don't know how the – I don't know. I don't know if they'll get it done. I honestly don't feel great. I have faith in Izzo figuring it out because Izzo does this. Izzo does do this. It's true. I have faith in him being Tom Izzo. Like he is, he's fucking Tom Izzo for a reason. I have faith. It's just the point guard play. The point guard play has to be at least average. It has to be there in some capacity. And I don't know if I have faith in those guys, but we'll see what happens. Hope they find a way. Hope they win it. Could use one. Go green. That's all I got today. Appreciate everybody listening. I'll be back next week on this feed. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do next week. Football's over. That's kind of sad. Didn't really think about it until now. That fucking sucks. Um, What am I going to do all day? Uh, (laughs) We'll talk next week, probably some MSU. We'll do some Michigan. Maybe those Michigan State, Michigan football pods. I've been meaning to do kind of a season recap for both of them. I did the Lions one earlier. So maybe those, I don't know. But we'll be back next week. I'm on the second string podcast feed tomorrow. We're talking uh, it's a life experience. More serious one. More more heartwarming one tomorrow. So check that out. As always, I appreciate the support. I appreciate everyone who listens. Um, everyone who shares messages, all that stuff. 
everyone who's invested, who's feels like a part of the community, big fan of yours. I'm very happy about it. I'm very grateful for it. So hope you have a wonderful day guys really do. And I'll see you guys either tomorrow or next week.